adopted. <clears throat> Let us begin our worship of God by singing in his praise to Psalm 23 of the Scot uh, Sing Psalms. That's on page 28 of the Blue Book. <clears throat> Psalm 23, sing Psalm's version on page 28. The Lord is my shepherd, no want shall I know. He makes me lie down where the green pastures grow. He leads me to rest where the calm waters flow. My wandering steps he brings back to his way, in straight paths of righteousness making me stay. And this he has done, his great name to display. Though I walk in death's valley where darkness is near, because you are with me, no evil I'll fear. Your rod and your staff bring me comfort and cheer. In the sight of my enemies a table you spread, the oil of rejoicing you pour on my head. My cup overflows and I'm graciously fed. So surely your covenant mercy and grace will follow me closely in all of my ways. I will dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. A psalm that will align with our study today in Psalm 40. This is a psalm for the good psalm for the young ones to know and to memorize. And to know, of course, that the Lord is their shepherd. So we'll stand together and sing this. The Lord is my shepherd. To God's praise.
Okay, we'll just bow and say a short prayer together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for being able to come to church. We thank you that we have Bibles to read. And we thank you that you show us who you are. And the Bible tells us all about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And tells us about all the people that were with him his disciples, that were so faithful to go out and share the good news about Jesus, that though he died, he rose again, and that gives us hope. We pray as they go into Sunday school tweenies and pray for those that are in Krish. We pray that they would understand what they have been taught, and pray that they would see who Jesus is, and we pray for the teachers as well. We pray that you would give them help to be able to do this in a manner that portrays how beautiful and amazing God is and what Jesus is to us. We pray you'd be with us in our time together. Forgive us our sins, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, so I want to say a short word to you before you go into your Sunday school classes, or tweenies, I've got something with me here. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? Anyone? Yeah, a bulb. That's a bulb. That's what plugs into the light, and that's what gives us light. Now, I want you to imagine if you were a bulb, if you were a light bulb, where where do you go? Where, where would you be? Where would the best place for you to be? Would it be in your welly? No, no. Would it be in your hat? No, no. Would it be in the sandpit outside? No, no. This is made to be in a light. And when you put it in the light and you turn it on, then it glows. And what the light does, is it, it helps us to see. It helps us to be able to see uh, what's around us, and understand what's there so we don't crash into things and we don't bump into each other. It helps us to see. Last night, I was at a house and the light was stuck on. The switch was off and the light was going on by itself. Now, there's a lesson in the light bulb and I want you to remember. The light bulb is made for the light. And you and every one of us here has been made by God. And we belong with God. The light bulb is meant to be with the light. We, being created by God, are designed to be with God and connected to God and belonging to God. And if we are with God, we are in the right place. And even coming to church and Sunday school puts us in the right place to be with God. And we ask that God will be with us when we come to church and we come to Sunday school. But God is the one that turns the power on. We come and we might have to we might have to put the bulb in and we come and we wait. We might have to wait to be switched on. Many of us have had to wait before the light went on in our life. Before the Lord made us his light, and the Lord's light was in us. 
But I want you to be like the light bulb. And I want you to be like the light bulb that never goes out when you come to God. And it'll always glow and shine. And you will be boys and girls that will show what things are there that we can crash into in life and the things that are bad in life and that you show how good God is by his light. God is light and you're going to learn about someone today that was a light for God. And he went and he spoke to someone about who Jesus was and he helped them to see. One of Jesus' friends called Philip went to meet a man and he helped the person to see. He was like a light bulb for God and he showed the man the way, where he should be and what God was like. So I want you to remember the light bulb that we are in the right place and we belong to God. We are designed to be with God and that we would be lights that never go out and always shine and tell people and show people how good God is and what God can do for us. So I pray that would be blessed to you. We'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, we'll continue in our praise to God by singing in Psalm 118 of the Scottish Psalter. You'll find that on page 398. Hundred and eighteen Scottish Psalter will sing from verse mark eight down to verse mark fourteen. Better it is to trust the Lord than trust in man's defence. Better it is to trust in God than make princes our confidence. You'll see the man here, the psalmist that trusts in God. But he's overwhelmed by something as he sings through the psalm. The, the sins that are about him, the evils that are around him, the emotion of it comes through in this psalm as we sing down to verse mark 14. So let us sing this to God's praise. Better it is to trust in God than trust in man's defense.
we we'll turn now to the reading of the Word of God, and we'll take our first reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, at verse 8. Book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, at verse marked 8. Let us hear God's word to us today. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We'll continue in reading in Psalm 40. Psalm number 40, and we'll read from the verse marked 6. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your laws within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails in me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. 
Let those be turned back and brought to dishonour who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. May the reading of God's word be blessed to us. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again that we are gathered like this as your people. And Lord, we pray that you would make us still before you. Let us hear your word to us today. May it speak to our hearts. May it speak to our soul, our minds, Lord. And restrict our minds from the things of the world. Open us up to the knowledge of who you are. And let us come with reverence before you as the God who is almighty and over all things. Lord, we see in the, in the power of your word yourself revealing who you are to us so that we may know you. And Lord, give us diligent minds to understand exactly who you are. Open our minds up to see the greatness of God, the wisdom of God, the holiness of God, different aspects of God, things that we do not, cannot understand in full. Never can we. But as we approach you and give our worship to you, Lord, be great to us. And that you would be one that we confess within our hearts and say, great is the Lord, as we read in the psalm. Give us light, we pray, as we look at your word. Lord, our minds are so full of darkness. And it is not because of our ability that we can unearth the deep treasures and riches of your scripture, but it is by the power of your spirit enabling our minds to understand. It is you who illuminates our mind. It is you whose spirit does give that power to illuminate. Lord, we pray that you would be with us as we gather together to hear what you say. Lord, we are aware that there are temptations before us Thoughts, words, and deeds that distract us from from gathering, from coming here, from understanding your word. But we pray, O Lord, in your name, that you would restrain these distractions from us and the power of the evil one. Keep Keep him from us, we pray. Exclude him from our gathering. And that our hearts and souls may come and rejoice in you. Great is our Lord be our confession. And Lord, great is the salvation that you have provided through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who bore our sins as if they were his. And so we are set free. 
because he took what we deserved on the cross at Calvary. Lord, again, we cannot fathom or understand the weight of these things. But when we look in the depths of our hearts and the sin that lies within it, we see the greatness of it and how it can overwhelm us if we were to focus upon it. And yet everyone has been taken by you and justly paid for, for the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would be with us in our walk with you. In the direction that you take us, may we be willing to go with you. Wherever you show us, give us the strength to go forward. Often in things that we do not think we are able to do, to places that we do not think that we should go. But let us have an ear to hear what you say to us. We do not rely on our own confidence in these things. But again, trust in you. So many things can encompass us as the psalmist sung. The psalmist's expressions to us are so real and we are so thankful for it that we can associate with what he says. Lord, make Christ real to us as we look at your word. Help us to understand who he is to the best of our ability as you enable us to. Lord, we pray for this congregation. We pray that you would give each person assurance in their spirit, confidence to go with you. Give us conviction of our sins, if that is what is needed. Lord, you know us as our Father, and you are our shepherd that is trustworthy to rely upon. To whom else can we go? Especially when the valley of darkness is upon us. Who will guide us except the Lord Jesus Christ? May we be people that trust in him as we live our lives. Lord, be with all those who share your word today, who proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus, May the power of your spirit accompany it. We remember those who gather in Gaelic service nearby. We pray that you would be with them also, in spirit and in truth. Lord, go amongst our nation, we pray. A nation that largely lives for themselves. But open their eyes. May your illuminating truth be set before them by your servants. As Philip went to that Ethiopian, you know, as the children look at that and they see the man that was obedient to God's word and helped the one to understand what you are saying to us and what you have done for us through Christ. He just came alongside him and we can all come alongside one another to help and encourage to support and to under, help us understand. So be with us, we pray, as we look on your word. Forgive us our sins, we ask, in Jesus' name and in his power. Amen.
We continue in a praise to God by singing in Psalm 71 of the Scottish Psalter version, page 311. <clears throat> Psalm 71, page 311, Scottish Psalter, from verse 14 down to verse mark 19. But I, with expectation, will hope continually, and yet with praises more and more, I will thee magnify. Down to verse mark 19. And thy most perfect righteousness, O Lord, is very high, who has so great things done, O God, who is like unto thee. We'll stand, lift our hearts to praise to God, but I, with expectation.
can turn back to Psalm 40 and we'll con continue and conclude in our study of Psalm 40 from verse 11. Last week we looked at the section from verse Mark 6 down to end of verse Mark 10. And we saw there David as he came to worship God, where David drew near to God, as opposed to the first section where God drew near to David at the beginning, who took him from the mire and the pit. From verse 6, God now returns to worship God and draw near to him. And we remember the image of the servant who was so willing to devote his life to the Lord's and to his service. He was willing to have his ear pierced. And the willingness to delight in whatever was the will of the Lord for his life. And we noted that even the Lord Jesus Christ struggled in a sense with the will of God. And we will too struggle with what God has for us. But are we people to say, nevertheless, whatever I feel and whatever I want, I will trust in you, O God. So the third and final part of this psalm we will call the walking with God. We had the waiting, the worship, and now the walking from verse marked 11. And the sentiment of this, the words here was expressed in what we sung as a hopeful expectation upon the God that would continue with each of us. And constantly we will be people that will go on in the strength that God gives to us. And if we use the image of our walker to help our thoughts as we look at this concluding part of the psalm, we know but if you are to set out on a walk, you have some rough idea of where you want to go. You have a plan or a destination that you would like to reach. You may, use a, you may have a route planned out. You may use a map or more modern devices that you get on your phone. Something like that. But you would have confidence that you are able to reach the point of your destination. And if you did not have any confidence to reach that point, well you wouldn't depart. There would be no point in going if you knew it was impossible to reach the place you wanted to go to. And as you set out on that walk, you may find out that, well, if you had that confidence to go, you may, well, you may come across things that, well, it wasn't in the plan. And I didn't expect these things to happen. You may have times where your walk is hindered. You may have times when you have to stop and take a break Often there's times where we have to just look back and be encouraged by where we've been. Often we have to just say, this is a lot harder than I expected it to be. The walker requires confidence. The walker requires courage to go on. But the most important thing for the walker to do is to keep going. To keep making steps forward. And to reach the destination that he has desired to go to. The person needs to continue. And much of this is applicable to the Christian's life. And you may already have thoughts of Pilgrim's Progress going through your mind. And your favourite part of it. 
But we see the sentiments of this throughout this psalm as one that relied on God in confidence. He had the courage to go with him amidst fear, but he is a, he is a person that continues in God. So let us look quickly at the confidence the psalmist has. And we'll read from verse Mark 11. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Firstly, you can notice his direction and his focus. As for you, O Lord, it is towards his God. As he thinks upon his God, he has confidence. And it is expressed in his words. You can see that they are sure words. You will not restrain. And you will show your steadfast love and faithfulness. God is a God that will and will not. And understanding who God is is fundamental to having confidence in God. And, that, and the most reassuring thing about God for David and for you and for me is that God is a God that will and will not. He is not a God that might. He is not a God who is vague. He is not a God who changes his mind. He is a God that does not change. In whom there is no change or variation. So as he was in the scriptures that we read, so he is. And so we can have confidence in what we read within the scriptures. And as we read the scriptures, we actually get to know who God is. Because he hasn't changed. He is still the same. We have confidence in God. And we know what he will not hold back from us. And we learn, too, what he will do for us. What does David highlight about that assured confidence he has in God? The first thing you can say is that he will not, you can see is he will not restrain his mercy from me. Now, the wording of that, there's, there's, there's more feeling to it than just not restraining his mercy. You may remember the Psalter version has tender mercies. There's a compassionate element to the mercy that is shown here. There's a deep feeling in compassion where the person who exercises compassion is sympathetic. As for me, you will not restrain your mercy from me. God will not withhold his compassionate mercy from you. Compassion is a comfort for us. And we often need comfort in our lives. And compassion that is shown by this God was also a compassion that was shown by the wonderful counsellor, Christ Jesus. He is the one who can sympathise with every need that we have. And he showed himself when he was on this world to be a person of great compassion. He was one who felt compassion. 
to the one who lay in need. He did not restrain his compassion to the afflicted and to the needy. The same Christ is here as a man that will not withhold his compassion and mercy from you. And you can be confident in this. Secondly, we see that your steadfast love love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. As he has done, and as God has preserved him and shown him his love to the psalmist from the beginning, he will continue to do so. He's saying that my preservation is not upon myself. He relies on God to preserve him. Your steadfast love, your faithfulness are not things that only last for a moment. There are things that are eternal. There are things that are everlasting. The one who keeps me and holds me forever. These assurances are personal to him because he says they are for me. You, have not, you, you, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. He has a personal confidence that God will always be with him. That the light of the Lord dwells within, within him. The light of revelation is in him. He is a children, a child of light from Ephesians 5. And he is someone who has decided to walk carefully, but he is walking confidently. Because as you remember from the beginning of the psalm, he was one who had his steps established. His steps were set securely by the God that relied on him, the God that brought him from the pit and the mire and set him upon a rock. Believing in Christ Jesus gives us confidence that he will always be with us. He will not withhold his compassionate mercy from you and from me. And that is a great encouragement and confidence for us to go with this Christ. Do you have the confidence that David has? Do you have that personal confidence that can say, God is always with me? No matter what experience I am going through, he will not withhold his compassion from me. He will not withhold his steadfast love from me. He is faithful to me. What about this walk of life? Is it in darkness or is it in light? And the Christian walk, as you look at it, you may ask yourself, as we probably all have, how can I do it? Well, here is the answer. Relying on God. Trusting in him who will keep our steps, who has established our steps, who knows the direction we go in, who will be with us faithfully, He will not withhold his compassion from us and shows us steadfast love. David says and admits that he cannot do it alone. 
He relies on this God of hers. Psalm 40 is often one of conversion, with reference to conversion. The one that took a step in faith, trusting in this God, the God that revealed himself to, the, to them, David, the God who reveals himself to us. It's a step in faith, often. But we must ask ourselves, well, where is your confidence for this walk of life? What is the ultimate destination that you want to get to? Are you confident in yourself? Or are you confident in Christ? The one who has faith in Christ and understands who Christ is to him, he gets courage to face the difficulties that come before him. And we see that courage from verse 12. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head, my heart. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those who put to shame and disappointed altogether, who seek to snatch away my life, let those who be turned back and brought to dishonor, who desire to my hurt, let all these be appalled because of their shame, who say to me, Aha, aha. There is a fear in this section that comes through to us. The psalmist there, you'll see there's actually two sections to it. From verse mark 12, well, verse 12 is one section. You have a, you have a cry to God in verse mark 13, and then verse mark 14 and 15 is another sort of section that you can take. Where verse mark 12 is something from within. And the second part from 14 to 15 is something external to himself. Yeah, that war, as a Christian often does, from within ourselves and externally, from things that are outside in this world. A Christian needs courage because there are many things that make us afraid. I looked up this word courage in one of the dictionaries that I usually use, and it said, the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear. And I thought, well, that's not right, really. I mean, if there's no fear, where's the courage? So I had to look at another dictionary, and, and that confirmed my ideas. Courage is really incomplete fear. When we are fearful of what lies ahead of us, and you may be fearful of the next steps of your walk, whether you are a Christian or whether you have to make a beginning with Christ, there are many fears set before us. And there are many fears that will rob our confidence in Christ and in his word. There's people out there dismissing this as a story but it's not and the believer in Christ Jesus the one who has had himself rescued from the mire and the pit of destruction who has felt the power of salvation of God knows that this is no story and we wish that everyone would understand it that it was true and it reveals to us who God is there are many fears to Robert confidence. 
But courage has confidence amid fear. Courage has confidence amid fear. The defining factor is, where is our confidence? In fear. In the valley of the shadow of darkness. Courage conquers fear. The inward fears that David has briefly are surrounding him. They're encompassing him. Iniquities have overtaken. It says for evils there at the beginning of verse Mark 12. For evils have encompassed me. And we, we may think that this is almost an external element for evils. But the word is sort of a misery distress. Again, the Psalter words it ills, I think. Now, misery and distress is not something externally from ourselves. It is within us. Misery and distress has encompassed me beyond number. Miseries or distresses. They are his own and they weigh him down. They're surrounding. There's innumerable pains, iniquities, his sins that have overtaken. They are more than the hairs of his head. They're so overwhelming, you see. David's looking at himself within his heart and he's overwhelmed because of who he is. The sin that lies within him overwhelms him and that is exactly the same for us. When we look at ourselves and we see that it's the things that we've done wrong, we wouldn't want to tell anyone. They're overwhelming to us. And if we give our attention to them they will overwhelm us. And they have an effect there, as you can see. Well, David couldn't see. I cannot see because of these iniquities, the sins before God. His heart fails. He loses courage. He loses confidence when he focuses on his sins. It's almost like that um, when we look at ourselves. It's almost like a spot the difference where you, you may see one thing straight away, and then you may, the longer you look at it, the more you see, basically. And that is exactly the same with us. The more we look at ourselves, the more sin we see, and the more overwhelmed we feel. But David cries out to God, be pleased to help me, to deliver me, Make haste to my help. He knows these things are weighing him down. But there's an outward strain on him as well. There's people who do different things to him. From verse 14. People who snatch to take away his life. People who want to bring dishonor. Who, who want to bring him hurt. People who mock him. By saying aha, aha. People who laugh at him. And that, that goes without saying, that, that is hard for us. When people slander us because of who we believe in and have faith and trust in this walk and tell people the direction of our walk, people will do all sorts to us to stop us in the walk that we are on. Yet, David has compassionate thoughts towards them. He doesn't want God to destroy them. He wants them to feel their shame. He wants them to be disappointed. He wants them to understand who God is. That they would be turned back and brought to dishonor. 
And through all this suffering, you can see Christ. Undeniably, Christ is there. The only one I questioned was my iniquities. But then Christ bore all our sins as if they were his sins. And he could say that they were my iniquities. That he paid the price for. When you look through that section, you can see Christ. And I encourage you to do so because we don't have time at the moment. But amidst all these fears, he looks in himself. He sees what's going on before him. But he doesn't stop crying to God. Be pleased to help me. And then the last section there. Regardless of what fears are said before him, he has courage. And he says, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Do not delay, O my God. The psalmist continues with God. He has courage amidst fears, and he continues with God. He looks to him, himself, but you can see in verse 16, it's almost like he desires that everyone would look to him. It's almost like there's a congregational uh, desire there, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. And then there's a personal aspect to it. As he looks now, as for me. I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. As we join in worship together, we kind of touched on it last week, that we would have our eyes opened and our ears unblocked to understand and know who God is and who he tells us he is. That we may know the breadth, the height, the depth of his character in every aspect. And the greater he would become to us, that we would be people that as we gather together, would say, great is the Lord. Again, that word doesn't really take out the greatness of what he means. He means the Psalter version is magnify the Lord. It's an increasing thing that goes on. But where God is not becoming smaller to us, God should be becoming greater. As we sit under his word and learn about him, we see the greatness of God. And when you see there what he writes, I am poor and needy, as we are. But the Lord takes thought of me. And I think that verse becomes more significant the greater God becomes. When we really grasp and start grasping who God is and continue to grasp who God is. He thinks upon you and he thinks and knows 
and hears your prayers and your cries, whether you be in the pit, whether you be overwhelmed by your own feeling of sinfulness, whether you're overwhelmed by an external evil that makes you question everything, God knows. And God has an everlasting compassion and steadfast love towards you. You have confidence to be with God. God hears all our cries, whatever they are. And you'll remember, we started in the pit. And the psalmist was looking back upon this experience that he had. And how he had to wait patiently upon the Lord. But he wrote it when he's in a state of feeling poor and needy. The Christian life, many may portray it to be wonderful, and it is wonderful. But it's not easy. It's not that feeling that everything's okay. In a sense, they are. But it's not like everything's going to go so well and we're never going to question anything or need to question anything in our lives. Because we see the emotion of David coming through in this psalm. As we look through it, regardless of anything else, he is one that wants to come to God. Nevertheless, continually, O Lord, I am with thee. That's almost what he's saying when he gives himself and devotes himself to worshiping God. You are my help, you are my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. What about your walk? This Psalm 40 resembles and speaks to us about our walk in many different ways. And we can associate ourselves with the words of David. And that is where the richness of the Psalms comes through. That's, he is overcome by the, by the evils of this world. He does question things. He is battled with the will of God for his life, his experiences. That's where the Psalms are so rich. And I feel like if we didn't have the Psalms that express these words and feelings, we would be asking ourselves, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling overcome by my sin? Why am I feeling like the people of this world are squashing me? We must have confidence in God. We must have courage in trusting that God will be one that will never leave us nor forsake us in our walk and that we continue in that walk. The walker has a destination planned before he sets out. And we must ask, do you have confidence for this Christian life? Are you assured, persuaded, and enabled that Christ will not leave you or forsake you? If you're going to go on this walk, trust in him. Devote yourself to him. And he will be your God. He will rescue you from every pit. 
and rescue you from the pit that will be eternal if you trust in him. I pray that as we gather here, we may rejoice and be glad in God as we seek him and that we may love the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. You are great, O Lord. May that be our confession today. May these thoughts be blessed to us. We'll conclude by singing in Psalm 40. Sing Psalm's, ver- sing Psalm's version on page 51. Sing Psalm's version of Psalm 40 on page 51. We'll verse marked 11 down to the end of the psalm. Do not withhold your mercy, Lord. Surround your servant constantly with your great love and faithfulness for many troubles threaten me. And down to verse mark 17. Yet I am poor and in great need. Lord, think on me. I humbly pray. You are my saviour and my help. Come, O my God, do not delay. We'll stand and we'll sing these words to God's praise.
close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have aside from the world. Lord, we thank you for everyone that is gathered here and those who are gathered online. We pray that we would know your blessing as we study your word. Lord, we know that many are the anguishes and cries of your people, but you are one who hears. Oh, let the Lord, let the name of, let your name be exalted, O oh Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.